We work hard every single day to become your best friend. Here's how we do it. On Saturday mornings, uh, we encourage you to phone in this live radio show, one 767 4348 And then we find it our job that no matter what project you're trying to tackle around your house, home, castle, or cabin, our first assignment is to fill your heart with the desire, the motivation, and the ambition to get it done. Our second assignment quickly after that is to pack your brains with the knowledge, the tips, and the tricks of the trade to get it done and get it done Rosie Wright. That's what we're here for. That's why we show up every single Saturday morning. Those of you that are regular listeners of the show think we are entering our 37th year here. Uh, know that you can go to our website, rosieonthehouse.com, and it contains contractor referrals. It's an encyclopedia of Arizona home ownership. We have contractors that we've pre-vetted and put on the referral directory for whatever you're trying to get done. You can find them there and know you're dealing with people that can be trusted and that they're going to get it done right. We publish a newsletter that goes out into your email box every Thursday that tells you about what we're going to cover on the broadcast Saturday so you can kind of tip off your neighbor, your wife, your spouse, your kids about, hey, you better tune in this Saturday. This is stuff you need to know. Today, we're going to talk about this hour. We're going to talk about property damage, being prepared for it, and what to do with it in the case you may have experienced it or will experience it in the future. It's called restoration, and it's a lot different than remodeling. And to have that conversation, I brought in our personal, trusted expert on the topic, Mr. Jim Kowalski of Kowalski Construction. Jim, thanks for joining us this morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah. Well, t- tell uh, tell the Arizona homeowners a little bit about Kowalski Construction. So we were founded by my father back in 1967, and uh, we began as a restoration contractor, which is a little different model than most companies come into it. Um, most companies will migrate over into the restoration space. Uh, we started there and have continued uh, to uh, work in that space. In fact, we were sort of reluctant to get into any other type of, of work uh, other than restoration, but we also do uh, renovations for our clients as well. So being that we've been here in the Valley specifically focused on restoration uh, for that length of time makes us uh, the oldest restoration company in the state that we're aware of anyway. And one of the things I want to cover this hour for the benefit of the Arizona homeowner is kind of defining for them the difference between restoration and remodeling because they are definitely not the same thing. And you bring up a really good point. I was recently teaching a class for our state association, and I had used the word restoration. And there was a design professional in the back. At the break, she came up to me and she said, I, uh, I have a question. And I could tell she was uh, not comfortable asking me the question. And I said, no, go ahead. There's no, uh, no silly questions, only unanswered questions. And ask questions, what's your question? And she said, what do you mean by restoration? And I said, ah, my, my, my apologies. I grew up in this business, and so it's all I've ever done. And to me, it's second nature. But I realize every once in a while I have to be reminded that not everybody's quite as comfortable with it. So I went on to explain 
when I talk about restoration, is a damage restoration due to fire, mold, water, wind, uh, explosion, what have you. And in her mind, being in the design field, restoration was to restore a property, and it might be refurbishing it or uh, renovating it or remodeling it, but that's not at all what we're talking about here. We're talking about a peril, a disaster, uh, whether it be natural or man-made, that causes damage to a structure. I know y'all do work more than just in Maricopa County. Uh, did you see where B- downtown Bisbee caught fire? Did you guys get the Bisbee phone call? I don't know if we did, <laughs> but I did see that. Uh, what a there. heartbreak. Huh? Oh, unbelievable. We do see a lot of things like that that, that, that are, you know, the uh, sort of uh, uh, heartbreaks, like as you mentioned. Uh, and uh, there's a, a lot of old structures uh, that uh, maybe don't have, you know, the newsworthy notoriety, but... Uh, an older building that's been around for a long time that gets damaged or sort of some of the icons in some of the the cities that have a a vehicle impact or something substantial causing quite a bit of damage. And uh, you just realize that, you know, you take some of those uh, historical uh, structures for granted. Well, I think they're, they're, in some ways, they're grateful now for the fire of 1908. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, back in 1908, when that town burned, there were 5,000 people left homeless. Unbelievable. Isn't that something else? Yeah. Uh, but it got primarily rebuilt in masonry. Similar, similar story to Prescott, right? Yeah, right, right. Now, we're, we're uh, the oldest restoration company, but we were not here in 1908, <laughs> so we're not able to provide our services. Well, uh, you know, it's a... It's uh, I, w- I was at a home yesterday that suffered a fire, and uh, it's it's so all-consuming. The fire mitigation is one thing, but the sneaky thing that can come back and bite you six months after you move back in the house is that smoke oh, mitigation. Tough to get rid of. Man, what? I, and I, I want to cover that in a minute. But I want to go back to the different, and that's one of the things that's different between remodeling and restoration. Let's let's cover point one. I have a loss. And, you know, there were people that had losses. January, uh, my rain gauge registered just shy of three inches in January. Yes. Now, I know y'all had some water damage phone calls in January. What's the first thing a homeowner should do while they're watching Jeopardy in their lazy boy chair? And a drip hits their forehead. Yeah, so <laughs> it's so funny you say that because I was just talking to somebody recently that uh, actually is an insurance agent. Uh, we had a little lunch and learn at their office yesterday, and he said his own house, he walks into his garage, and his water softener had burst and caused a leak. And uh, he said he walks in, his feet are wet, he's stepping in water, it's spraying him in the face. He's an insurance agent that's been in the business for a long time, and immediately the panic sets in, right? <laughs> and uh, and he's thinking to himself, "What do I do? What do I do?" And uh, and so uh, he did the right thing, and he reached out to his plumber uh, to uh, to get the get the water. He tried to turn off the water, and of course that didn't work. So he was wise enough to know because he says he's about as handy as the desk that we were sitting in front of. <laughs> and so then he goes out to the street. I said, well, at least you knew that. And he said, yeah, but I couldn't turn that off either. And yeah. he said, uh, I couldn't get it off. So he said, I called the plumber to get them out. But most people think the first thing that they need to do and the only thing that they need to do is to call their insurance company. 
I can't tell you how many people I try to convince that they need to take action in order to mitigate their damages. And of course, coming from me, I think they think it's self-serving. <laughs> and so they don't, they don't uh, want to comply. And I tell them it's not only what you should do, it's your obligation to do it. It's written in your insurance policy that you've got to mitigate the damage and you've got to take action. And so I've literally had people waiting for a callback from their insurance company and do nothing while the house sits in water. Mold potentially can grow and the building materials are getting further damaged because they're afraid to do anything. And that is probably more common than anybody realizes. It's their first instinct. I need to wait for my insurance company. I don't want to do the wrong thing. The policy dictates the homeowner has the obligation to stop the damage. But we're never going to ask you to stop the damage by taking risk on yourself. If your roof is leaking and it's raining, we don't want you tarping the roof on the outside. You, You just stay in your easy chair. But rule number one, call the restoration company. Absolutely. And we'll have 24-hour access, 365 yeah. days a year, immediate response teams. Yeah, we have a... I don't know how y'all, I don't know how y'all man that team. We've got a lot, I of, I a lot of moving parts. Uh, we're currently running at about 43-minute uh, response time anywhere in the Valley. And uh, we've got uh, redundant systems. I, I hear oftentimes somebody will say that, um, well, we called the three companies, but uh, nobody answered or we couldn't get a hold of anybody. And I said, well, then they, they must not have a 24-hour emergency service. And they'll say, well, their ad said they did. Uh, and so calling somebody and maybe getting a hold of somebody is one thing, but we have dedicated teams on call 24 hours a day. We have backup teams in the event that we get overrun with claims. And uh, and then we rotate them out so that we keep everybody fresh. But uh, yeah, it, it's a yeah. big commitment. Yeah, I bet there were a lot of t- tired uh, oh. first responders at Kowalski through the month of January. No doubt. And there's nothing you can do. The calls just keep coming. They never come the at 930 in the morning. <laughs> right? And our favorite, our favorite saying is that uh, we always get them after, right after 5 o'clock on a Friday. Or we'll get that call right before 5 o'clock, and the, and the homeowner says, you know, uh, I've got a, 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 a damage, a water leak or something. You, you start asking them questions. Well, they've known about it since the morning, but they've been waiting on somebody or they have a call into their insurance company. They do anything, and then panic strikes right before 5 o'clock, uh-huh. and they think, oh, I better do something now. And uh, we certainly wish they would have taken a little more action earlier in the morning, but Again, we're 24-hour service, so uh, whenever they call, we're there. All right. We're here with Jim Kowalski of Kowalski Construction, uh, the restoration specialist that's been a certified partner of Roselle Noss for the longest in that category, and we certainly appreciate your partnership in trying to spread the word about how to handle casualty and property loss. So step number one. Step number one happens before the loss. First off, oh, okay. when, when we talk to people, nobody ever thinks it's going to happen to them, right? And uh, they're never going to have a loss. I had dinner with a client of mine, wonderful lady, and she had two house fires, major house fires. Oh. Uh, and uh, once when she was a teenager with, in her, her mom's house and then on her own. And so, you know, they say lightning never strikes twice in the same place, but uh, doggone it. It can. Uh, it can. So we're going to talk about pre-step one. Yes. Uh, and we're going to do that right after we get back on this short break. But it's being prepared all the time for the 
unfortunate circumstance that you find yourself in a property law situation. Right here at Rosie on the House, back with Jim Kowalski of Kowalski Construction right after this. And the lines are open if you've got a question. one 767 It's not a fun topic, Buttons. and a lot of people don't even know what restoration is. You know, you get calls, do you refinish cabinets? You get calls, uh, I got a, a historic home and I'm trying to, you know, bring it back to its current condition. That The restoration industry is restoring after damage, whether it's fire, flood, uh Go out on a limb. You guys have been here 68? Since 67. Since 67. Probably not done any tornado damage repair. No, we did. Or, some, or hurricane. Pretty, <laughs> we had some pretty high winds, if you'll remember, back uh, in the Deer Valley area years ago that uh, that really rocked our world. And uh, that was the closest that, that we ever came. In fact, uh, we talked to a lot of restoration companies across the country that are live in areas where they have things like tornadoes and hurricanes. And so people in those areas are a little bit more in tune with what might happen, right? But here in the beautiful weather of Phoenix, Arizona, we don't have so much to worry about. Uh, although people do su- are surprised at the amount of water damage we do because they say, we guys yeah. don't get any rain. That's right. I say, what, when it comes, it comes all at one time. Man. And uh, But we have uh, slab leaks, right? We have pipes underground and slab leaks that could cause damage. So... Well, uh, you gave that example in the first segment of it was a water softener. Right. That was, you know, had had been leaking. Yeah, absolutely. And so understanding what to do should you ever wake up and have water damage or, you know, have smoke in the home fire. Understanding who to call first and understanding that the faster you make that call and stop the damages because you guys have, uh, you know, board up services blowers for water damage you know get it whatever's creating the damage to stop get it dried out get it the work going so that we're not having to do a lot of extra work on the end because you didn't know what to do absolutely and safety is paramount as rosie mentioned earlier i was talking to a a customer the other day and they said water was dripping through their uh, electrical light and uh, the daughter's bedroom And so um, the first thing I said is, you need to make sure you're not using that light. And (laughs) and that seems obvious, but she didn't think about that, right? And so I said, you know, put put some tape over that light switch so nobody can turn that on uh, accidentally. So safety is the first thing uh, when you have um, a a damage. Uh, My son suffered a house fire uh, about, um, oh, let's see, it was about uh, 10 years ago. And uh, he had gone through uh, firefighter training uh, himself, and so he used a garden hose, and he said he knew it wasn't effective, 
Uh, he knew it wasn't going to do anything, but he felt like he had to, had do, to do something, something right? right? Yeah. And so many homeowners will tell us that as well. They they had they felt like they needed to do something, but they need to be thinking about their safety because getting up on the roof in the rain, in the middle of the night, under high winds, that could be problematic. And so uh, they do feel like they need to do something. They have to protect their castle. I understand that. But you also don't have a big red S on your chest. And so uh, you want to be safe with whatever you do. These, uh, now, we, we can restore your home. Kowalski can restore your home. What you don't want to do is end up in the emergency room with a fractured spine falling off a wet roof. And the story about the light fixture, we had a call in January in the rain, and a, and a client of ours said, well, it's only coming out of the ceiling fan. <laughs> and I said, but if I remember right, that's a remote ceiling fan. She says, yes, it is. I said, well, there's electricity live to that constantly. Mm-hmm. I said, uh, let, let me send somebody over and let's take that fan down. Right. And then we'll deal, we'll, we'll deal with everything else later. But uh, any of those battery remote controlled fans are wired 120 yes. live right. constant. Absolutely. Safety, safety, safety. So first thing, you suffer a loss, call the restoration company. They can Second phone of, call? They Because they can take care of any of your emergency needs, whether they're temporary emergency services, uh, any of the safety issues, they can address that for you and, and let you know. And so – and they're – most restoration companies have, like we do, 24-hour emergency service. So they can respond quickly and get out there. If you call and wait for your insurance company, they may or may not have as quickly a quick response for you, and you end up waiting and potentially causing further damage. And also that further damage could potentially be denied by the insurance company that you were waiting on. Oh, right? man. I've seen it happen too many times. And they're not – they're not doing it because they don't want to pay the policy. It's because the, the damages were increased as a result of inactivity. Yeah. So that's your obligation. That's your responsibility. So lesson number one, point number one, step number one in any property loss of your home, call the restoration company. Second, call your insurance agent. More when we get back about preparing for a loss. Hopefully you never have to do it. That's why most of you don't prepare. Halfway through our On the House Hour, where we spend this hour with something specifically on your home, castle, or cabin. We do that with one of our certified partners that specialize in the trade. We've got restoration, Arizona Restoration Royalty in studio with us this morning. Uh, since 1967, the Kowalski family has been specializing in restoration. And what that means in the construction industry is restoring a structure back to original condition after damages. Does that sum it up? You got it. And it and it's very peculiar. And like I've made the point a couple times already, restoration is different than remodeling. Happy Jack Fire. I don't know. Six years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the surviving homes is a friend of mine, and he said, "You know who the lucky ones were there? The ones whose home burned down." Because my house still smells like smoke. Mm. 
Yeah. And and the people that home burnt down got it all sad, rebuilt. Sad as it is, yeah. they got a brand new house out yeah. of it. And, and the Rodeo Chedesky fire, Rodeo same Chedesky, thing. Same uh, a, a lot, it caused so much smoke, and uh, and so you mentioned earlier, if you don't take care of that during the construction process, it'll fool you. You'll think it's gone, oh. and uh, you go on and you have all the uh, the the smell and odor of the new construction products, and then that house gets done. And sometimes it sits there and you don't notice it yeah. until maybe the weather changes. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they say, where is that smell And then that's from? all you smell. Uh-huh. And then it's too late and yeah. the time to do it. And so there is a big difference between uh, restoration and remodeling. And all too often people don't realize that. And um, somebody will get a phone call and, and they haven't done a restoration project before. They don't have much experience in it. And a neighbor of theirs had a house fire. And so they'll say, yeah. I'll take care of it, even if they were capable of navigating the restoration work itself. And you got to figure out the navigating of the claim process itself. And that's a whole nother, we could do a whole nother show on that. That's why Rosie Wright Remodeling doesn't do restoration. I don't want to learn the negotiating language that y'all know as it relates to being basically the the facilitator, the liaison, the moderator between the homeowner yes. and the insurance company. Absolutely. Uh, I want to. I want you to do the Arizona homeowners all across the board, all that are listening, a favor right now. I think they ought to all pick up their cell phone right now, and they ought to just type in "property restoration specialist." What phone number would you have them plug in, Jim? <laughs> it would be our 602-944-2645. And that number is the only number that you need. It's it's answered during the day as well as after hours uh, and on weekends and and holidays. So it, we mean when we say 24-hour emergency service, we we stand by that. And that would be your opportunity once it's on your in your phone. If in this in the in the chance you're that that guy or that lady in your lazy boy lean back with the drips running down on your forehead while you're watching Jeopardy. Um, you don't, you don't have to remember Jim's name. Absolutely. You don't have to remember the construction. You just remember restoration company and hit dial. So, Let's give that number one more time. Cause I'll get calls. Okay. I missed it. Right. I missed it. Okay. It's 602-944-2645. I have a lot of clients that I've worked with over the years that, uh, have a good relationship, and of course, I always welcome their calls. But I tell them if you ever have an emergency, call that number and not me. I've gotten yeah. phone messages, and I'll leave a detailed message on my voicemail stating I'm out of town or unavailable or don't have service and uh, will be back in a week or what have you. And I get a message. Call me. I've got an emergency. I need something right away. <laughs> and I'm like, did they not listen? Did they not listen? Or they'll send me a message like on Facebook Messenger, and I get a message, hey, I've had a vehicle run in my house. I need you guys here now. Well, I might not be, you know, sitting right in front of my, I'm a little, yeah, sure. uh, maybe the, maybe this average teenager might be on their phone constantly, <laughs> but I'm a little past that. So yeah, yeah. I might not be monitoring it uh, 24-7. Yeah. But, but our phone number will get answered live by a person and uh, immediately put you in touch with the first responder. We started talking about preparing for it, and then really there's prepare and then there's pre-prepare. Correct. And I think the first step in pre-preparing is making sure when your policy comes up for renewal, 
your agent and you are doing a realistic interpretation of what reconstruction costs are. Oh, that is a, absolutely uh, an epidemic right now. It is. We are unfortunately running into uh, so many homeowners that are underinsured. They just don't. And they're stunned. And they look at maybe even the home property values in the area and they'll go by that. Yep. And we try to help them understand. I, I understand that that rebuild costs might cost more than buying a brand new house. Absolutely. But we're doing a lot more than just, you know, the the, the uh, putting a new house on. You're redoing, taking down an existing house and then putting up a new house. And yeah. so uh, it's hard for them to gather that. So uh, it is it is really important to have a good conversation with your insurance company about what the costs are for and, insuring your properly insured. And if it's a home that was built in a subdivision, you know, those work crews are on that site, you know, doing multiple homes at a time. So, you know, but to get a crew to your one specific site and all those different trades and one-off, you know, that, you know, the, 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 the uh, what do you, the, you lose a lot power. of efficiencies. Yeah. yeah you <laughs> so, lose a lot of efficiencies I, when I, you're operating on one house, one I'm, lot, as opposed to giving the plumber, hey, in this cul-de-sac, I want 17 rough-ins done in the next 45 days. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and that's sort of the thing. So uh, in the insurance pricing model, there is uh, an area that you can select for new construction pricing. And a lot of insurance companies will fall back and say that, well, this home basically is a new construction price because it's been damaged so severely. And uh, our pushback on that in our industry's position is that, uh, no, it's still a single construction project site and is not part of a larger uh, subdivision and uh, and it's not a spec build this is a uh, individual's home that we're trying to work with on selections and uh, and options and so it's it's a different uh, it's a different process it certainly costs more than doing a single home in a subdivision no question about it and a lot of times you're negotiating with the insurance company because the insurance company is trying to Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. They're trying to be fair, but they're trying to limit their exposure. Right. Uh, you're trying to replace your nest, yeah. your house, your home. Um, if 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 they can't come to reconciliation, this has occurred uh, if, with people I'm familiar with over the last four or five years. They just can't reconcile with the insurance company about what a fair claim is. Where do you go from there? What is there's, a, there's an appraisal process that can be uh, enacted, and um, we always try to encourage that uh, people to come to an agreement before that process because it can get pretty sticky. But sometimes Good point. you might have an insurance company that's just putting their feet in the ground and they're not going to budge. And uh, what happens oftentimes is that we'll have a homeowner taking on the responsibility of trying to do the negotiations with the insurance company themselves, get to uh, an impasse, and then call us. And that's a tough spot for us to come in and try to, to – we would much prefer to be called in at the beginning and uh, and have some influence on how that process goes. Because once uh, both people feel their backs are up against the wall, they've drawn a line in the sand, it can take a long time. I've seen um, – 
claims get delayed so long that they run out of additional living expenses. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, and it doesn't serve anybody. Uh, and in the to past five years, the building costs will go up from the time of the loss yes. to the time the insurance company says this is what we'll pay you. By the time they get building permits and they start construction, absolutely, it could, it could be up another fifteen percent. Yeah, and we're no different than you guys. We need to get permitting just like you do, but with us the the immediacy is there because the homeowner is ready to see some progress put back in that house. <laughs> and if you've had a long negotiation time frame with the insurance company, and then we finally come to an agreement and we say, okay, great, now we apply for the permits, and we sit and wait, tensions can run high, okay. costs can continue stress, to escalate. Stress. Absolutely. So that's the pre-pre-preparation. The pre-preparation is inventory. Absolutely. Know what you got. How do you how do you encourage people to pull that off? And nobody thinks about that, right? And so, um, one of the things they 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 don't realize how bad a loss could be, and so they might know in their mind if you said go get me this item, they know which drawer it's in, and they can go and get it. When it's badly burned or totally destroyed, their memory. And now they've dealt, they're dealing with the emotional stress of a major loss, and they don't know what they had. Oftentimes, um, we'll discover that a homeowner is misinformed. Uh, They'll say, no, I had it. It was right there. We'll find it someplace else. Because in their mind, that's where it was. But it, it, in reality, it wasn't. And so they don't realize the importance of an inventory, unfortunately, until it's too late. And and the, the task of creating a whole house inventory is so daunting. Nobody ever wants to uh, go down that road. But we tell them, we all have a wonderful inventory tool probably in our pockets I mean, right it's now. So it's never been easier. Absolutely. And if they could just do some videotaping, uh, make the file sizes small enough and go through, make sure you have drawers open, closets open, and you get a full 360 panoramic uh, go in circles around the room. It doesn't have to be professionally edited for television. This is just about trying for documentation purposes. And like they said, a picture is worth a thousand words. You have that, have it saved up in the cloud so it's not <laughs> in multiple, the house. Multiple places, right? Yeah. yeah. And then don't put it on a disc in your master bedroom drawer, kitchen exactly. drawer, bathroom door. Doesn't drawer. work, but yeah. And so having that ahead of time is a huge tool. And you know, the insurance companies they need documentation. They, yeah. They they. they they're going to pay the claim, but they need to have supporting documentation. And sometimes your word is not good enough, right? You got to have some evidence there. And and it gets really, uh, really tough when you have that impasse and there's no documentation. It's Rosie on the house. Wrapping up an hour talking about property damage, property loss, Natural Disasters with Jim Kowalski of Kowalski Construction, who is a restoration specialist. And I'm so glad we were able to develop a partnership so many years ago because so many of my clients that suffer a loss call me to come do the work. And I say, no, you need to call Jim. We want you to do the work. We, you've already done work at this. We, we know how you operate. We won't know. Call Jim. Call Jim. And um, so I've been at the same bank for a long time. And I'm just going to give you her first name, but it's Nicole. And she suffers a loss. 
And she is literally over the course of several weeks begging me. I said, Nicole, you're just wasting time. You should have called Jim three weeks ago. And this was about eight years ago. I walked in there just the other day, and she thanked me for about the 100th time. <laughs> you know, she says, yeah, they've, they've got on it. They got it fixed, and we were back in in no time. Restoration isn't remodeling. I will consider my company a remodeling expert company, but we aren't restoration companies. So I'm so glad we've got this partnership that I can give my friends, my clients, my associates, my listeners your name and number. And what I would say to that, and thank you so much for all the referrals over the years, is that we tell people when, when we're encouraging you to be prepared by taking a little time to investigate a restoration company to determine whether or not they might be the right fit for you so that in the event that the loss occurs, you have the number already to call. The time to try to determine which restoration company you want to work with is not after that loss. I promise you, you'll be overwhelmed with too many other details. And unfortunately, you get the least amount of attention on selecting the restoration contractor. And that could be a, a, a really detrimental outcome for you. And we were talking prior to the broadcast just about the mindset. A lot of people are like, well, I got to get three estimates. And what can happen in y'all's industry with that uh, situation. It, it is the three-estimate uh, plague, I call it. So oftentimes people just believe that they need to get three estimates. And with restoration, it's a little bit different. Um, we tell the people and we tell them, we're not suggesting just because it's us. If you pick another contractor, I'd give you the same advice. Pick one restoration contractor. Give them the opportunity to work with your insurance company to arrive at a fair settlement that is agreeable to the insurance company, the homeowner, and the restoration contractor. When you get that three-estimate mentality, all too often a restoration contractor comes in and wants to gain favor with the insurance company, and so they begin to get a little over-optimistic about what the expectations can be, and that doesn't serve the homeowner well. So you'll have three guys out there have been in this situation too many times, and we don't want to do anything that we can't put our name on at the end of that job and be proud of. And somebody said, well, I don't, I don't think we need to replace that. And I'll be like, well, let's take a closer look. And the other restoration contractor also wants to gain the insurance company favor says, yeah, I know. I think he's right. Now it's two against one. And it just delays. We're going to eventually prevail, but it may take pulling in an engineer or some other testing that causes delays. When is if you can arrive at these sort of decisions with the insurance company without going through all the hassle, and a restoration estimate might be a hundred plus pages for a, a simple house fire. Now, an insurance adjuster has three estimates that are over a hundred pages each, and he needs to evaluate them and come up with what is an accurate scope of work and and where what is the the right estimate. He's got a lot of claims coming on his desk. He doesn't have time for that. And so all too often, the best one appears to be the lowest one. And that's always not in the homeowner's best interest. If it's missing scope items, then it's not the best one, even if it's the best price. And some people will intentionally be the low estimate to get the job, but then add the stuff after Absolutely. it started. So they could end up being the most expensive one in the end if... Yep. 
but their they, intention and integrity isn't. Right, but they get the job uh, up front. And so we try to be comprehensive and complete on the front side. Uh, that does create a little bit more of a delay because we have to go through all the steps. But at that point, when we're ready to go, then there's fewer items that are unresolved that we don't have to delay the process later. It's a lot less time um, intensive if we do it on the front side than if you try to do it on the back side. It's a pretty impressive operation, y'all. And I've seen a lot of construction companies. I mean, we talked about the insidious nature of smoke. Um, You suffer a fire, uh, the clothes hanging in your closet, Uh, the lazy boy chair that's upholstered, the mattress, all of that is now, I want to call it confiscated by Jim yeah. Kowalski. And y'all have the, the resources to take all of that. All the contents. We do our own textiles, everything. You do all of the smoke eradication through all of that that a, a homeowner may not even think needs to be done. Correct. Yeah, and, what, and, and sometimes from the visible... You look at it, and it doesn't look damaged, and we can show where it has have smoke residue on it that needs to be removed and remediated. And so if you don't, if you don't have the trained eye to know what to look for, then oftentimes you end up shortchanging the job, which creates problems later because that smoke smell is going to come back. And if you want to take this a step further, if you go to rosieonthehouse.com in the podcast section, type in Kowalski, you'll see their previous broadcast from August 12th where it takes you through the steps of what happens after a disaster. So we kind of <laughs> did those backwards. This was, this should have been the first one and that that one the second one. But uh, regardless, those that information and resource is there. So if you are in that situation, you understand the process that the, of the physical work getting done to get your home restored back to normal. Kowalski Construction.